Well, John, on Tuesday night, uh, Chris Hine asked Chris Finch about Cat's timetable, and he kind of chuckled and didn't give us an update and uh, ticked me off. So I wrote a column saying they should give us an update. And here we are on Wednesday morning, and Chris Finch is offering an update that Carl Anthony Towns will begin practicing. Uh, it's good that they came out and told us that at this point. I don't know why they couldn't have said it last night. I don't know why they couldn't have said more over the last month or two or whatever. But at least they have given us an update at this point. What do you make of that? Yeah, so Finch is on with uh, Paul Allen with K- on KFan. Um, you know, like I think it's every other week. But um, yeah, he said I apparently says this morning that he's going to return to live action um, soon here, and that it's been the first time in a long time since that's happened. So that is very encouraging because that is a real step forward for him in his rehab process, in his plan to return to play. And we just have not been able to glean any sort of progress, whether it's been good, bad, or or stagnant uh, throughout this four months because of the lack of transparency of, of the whole um, operation. But I think that to see him coming back to live action um, it's, it's really important. Um, you know, t- Chris, uh, told PA that there's still no timetable for his return. I don't know how long it's going to take and how many practices he's going to need to, um, to, to get back to, uh, being ready to, to play and, 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 and to be ready to go out there five on five and all of that stuff. But this is the first tangible update that we have heard uh, throughout these four months of of how long he's been out. It's a real step of progress, and it it does indicate that his return to the court is sooner than later. And forever and ever through this, we've just been getting the there's no timetable, there's no timetable, there's no update, there's no update kinds of um, uh, communication, and that just has left everyone guessing. And so at least here with this, we can say, okay, um, the end of this, the very long time away is near, and that's a really important thing to happen. He's John Krasinski. This is the John Krasinski show. This is our Timberwolves and NBA show at talknorth.com. John is also on the Viking update show. We're coming to you from the Aquarius home services studio. Thanks to TSR injury law, all energy, solar, head flyer brewing and manscaped. And thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton, best way to listen, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. We're going to get into how the wolves should have handled this, uh, through this long winter, uh, of my discontent. Uh, we're going to get into, uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker. We're going to talk about, uh, Timberwolves broadcasters, all kinds of stuff coming up, but let's get into a, a full discussion of how they should have handled the call Carl Anthony Towns news. Well, we got an update on Carl Anthony Towns, uh, The punchline is the update was there is no update. We also watched the Timberwolves after what I thought was one of the great road trips in franchise history come back and and lay an egg against a very good 76ers team. Where do you want to start today, John? There's a lot, as always, there's a lot going on with this squad. Yeah, I think, Jim, to start off, I think today, you know, it's probably good to just sort of put everything in context with just the way the team is playing on the court. I mean, in terms of, you're right. We saw them play extremely well on the road, L.A., L.A., Sacramento, and probably the high point of this season to date in terms of 
you know, going into those three games, having played really poorly in the previous three, and you're wondering if the wheels were starting to come off of this uh, season. And then, lo and behold, they go out and they beat the Clippers, the Lakers, and the Kings and sort of revive uh, their standing. And, um, you know, then they follow that up with a home loss on Tuesday night to the Sixers. And I think, like, the reaction from that loss from some fans is kind of to pull their hair out to just say to themselves, you know, this is terrible and, um, and fire everybody kind of a situation. But like, unfortunately, I think that in the long season, there are going to be games where you just don't make shots and you lose to a good team. And that's what happened in my estimation to the seven in the 76ers game. Uh, would it have been much better if they were more competitive? Yes. Um, but they did not play well. They didn't. They didn't knock down shots, and they lost. I've seen much worse losses that this team has suffered throughout the year in terms of their effort level, in terms of uh, play, uh, losing to teams that are not very good. Um, so, to me, losing that game last night, while disappointing, was not too much to take away from what they have done over the previous three games to sort of revive their chances at getting that sixth seed. And so um, I thought that uh, the, the the game against the Sixers was just one of those bad games. We will see following up going forward if they can, if they can kind of right the ship a little bit, but um, all in all, I think in general, the team is playing at a better level um, that gives them a real chance to get to number six. And I didn't think that they had that, coming off of that three-game losing streak to Wizards, Hornets, uh, Warriors without most of their guys. He's John Krasinski. This is the John Krasinski Show, our NBA and Timberwolves show. Probably reverse that. Timberwolves and NBA show at TalkNorth.com. Our producers, Brandon Morton, our sponsors. And being brought to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studio, our sponsors are TSR Injury Law, All Energy Solar, Head Flyer Brewing, and Manscaped. We appreciate everybody who advertises with us and listens to the show and the network best way to listen if you like the show subscribe to your favorite podcast app it's free it's easy you can also go to talknorth.com find all of the shows all the archives of all the shows and again if you like the show subscribe it'll just uh, be the easiest way for you to listen and thanks for listening uh so I, I thought it was a dud game but as you said i didn't think it was like a panic game um you know and they just didn't after the first quarter edwards carried them in the first quarter after the first quarter they just didn't make shots um now the one thing i will ask you as the expert is any uh, concern that Embiid scored so easily on the wolves bigs well i think um the there is maybe some concern there in terms of when you look at their last three games it's um, Embiid goes for 39, just really kind of has his way out there. Then Sabonis had a pretty big game, although, you know, I think it was like 22 and 14. So, um, it wasn't quite the high scoring game, but certainly was effective. And then Anthony Davis had a great game too. He had 38, uh, a, a, in the Laker game. And so there does seem to be a little bit of vulnerability to these super skilled bigs. Now, what I will say is, these super skilled bigs are really good and they, and they do um, have these kinds of nights against many teams. And so what we saw with them against Embiid was that they tried to just kind of really make him into a jump shooter and kind of dare him to shoot a little bit. And he hit everything. Uh, he had four threes. 
Um, he's hitting turnaround jumpers over double teams. Uh, he's hitting open jumpers at the elbows. Didn't shoot a lot of free throws, which is usually what he does to to, to kind of inflate his scoring. And so I think that while it was sort certainly um, you know kind of jaw dropping when you look at how easily Embiid just wrecked that game, really to me the the bigger key was that. Embiid got 27 points from Tyrese Maxey as his co-star in the game, hardened in play. So Maxey comes in and really is aggressive offensively and and, and scores a bunch and, and helps kind of keep uh, the Sixers from letting the Timberwolves back in the game. Edwards had 32. He played great, shot the ball really well, and there wasn't a single other starter uh, in the Wolves starting lineup that had that was in double figures. And I think Mike Conley was one for six. Jane McDaniels was one for five. Um, they just could not buy a bucket. And so I think like a larger theme that we have seen emerge in these games where the Wolves really have offensive struggles is that Edwards can't get a, you know, a, a number two guy to emerge uh, and 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 really carry the scoring load with him. Um, that's what D'Angelo Russell was doing before he was traded. And so um, I think that that to me, more so than Embiid just having an MVP type night because he's had an MVP season, um, I'm I'm just a little bit more concerned when you look at what is repeatable. Um, do they do they have a another option that can be a reliable? second threat until Carl Anthony Towns gets back. Um, that's going to be their biggest problem just to generate enough offense um, night in and night out uh, when Conley isn't hitting shots or when Jaden McDaniels is struggling or, you know, um, Alexander Walker isn't, it, you know, isn't locked in or things like that. It's just a lot harder for them to generate that offense. And the Sixers had no problem with that with Embiid and Tyrese Maxey. And it strikes me watching these last four games that uh, because they, you know, Ant is their one just I can get my points when I want to kind of player. It just strikes me that, man, ball movement is so important for this group. They When yeah. they shoot off the catch, when they stretch the defense, when they stress the defense, they all have, I mean, they have a lot of people who can score, but they don't have many people who can just score, you know, by, by doing what they want. They need to play within a, the framework of ball movement and body movement. And we didn't see, I don't think we saw a lot of that against Philadelphia. Yeah. And, and that's a good point, Jim, because like I did ask a few players in the locker room after the game about, Hey, you know, there are going to be nights, right. When you just don't hit shots and where it's just one of those nights, there's a lid on the rim and you can't seem to knock things down. And um, Kyle Anderson in particular agreed with that premise he's like yeah there are going to be those nights but he said he thought that they and and Kyle in particular Anthony Edwards said this as well they just they played a little too much one-on-one ball they got in uh the Sixers sort of with their switching and their defensive approach really did invite them into trying to have a bunch of guys go one-on-one to score. And that really prevented them from getting any kind of flow in their offense. The beautiful thing about that Sacramento win was the way the ball was whipping around and finding people for really good open looks that they knocked down. And when you talk to especially role players in the NBA, not the ones that are the Edwards level, the Embiid level, 
these guys that can kind of just get theirs uh, whenever they need to. But it's the guys who um, like our supporting cast members, they need to sort of be in a rhythm to uh, to, to be most effective. And when they catch and shoot in rhythm, there's a lot better chance of it going down. And you just didn't see any rhythm or flow in the Wolves offense against the Sixers. We saw great rhythm and flow against Sacramento. We saw really good rhythm and flow against the Lakers and the Clippers. It was just that um, that dried up. And Anthony Edwards took some of the responsibility for it. And I thought it was encouraging because he said, you know, he didn't have an assist uh, on Tuesday night. And he said that, you know, he should have looked to get his teammates more involved. He had 15 points in the first quarter. And it seemed like the Sixers were content to let Edwards score a bunch, but just not get beat by anyone else. And by Edwards kind of not really moving the ball and get off, getting off of it a little bit more quickly, which is what he's he had done so well in that winning streak. Um, I think it it played into the Sixers' hands and it stagnated the Wolves' offense. And so that's an adjustment that they can make going forward and that they have to make because they just don't have anyone else on the roster that's a break you down, um, just get, you know, get a bucket kind of a player. And so that's what's going to have to change going into Brooklyn on Friday night. I thought even in the great offensive performance against Sacramento, and that was a brilliant game, it was a blast to watch. It was it highlighted just how skilled NBA players are and how impossible it is to defend a good team that's moving the ball. I thought even in that game, uh, they had a couple lulls, and the lulls were when Edwards is like, oh, "I'll just shoot, take the shot." Yep. You know, I mean, yep. and so even in a great offensive game, it's hard. It just goes against human nature to pass up if you're a really talented guy it goes against human nature to pass up an open shot but there's so much better when the ball starts off moving a hundred percent and and you're right those are the moments that you realize that anthony edwards 21 years old um because especially it feels like when the wolves get a little bit of cushion in a lead Mm -hmm. then he's taken a you know, a hero shot. He's he's going for a kill with a step back three that early in the clock that he doesn't need. Um, and and he gets sort of to feeling himself, and he is a heat check guy. And sometimes those heat checks come in inopportune moments and prevent the wolves from building on their lead and allow the opponent to get back into it. And so that's just kind of going to come I think with maturation and just experience and and things like that but right now you do see that happen fairly regularly with him where he's just really feeling and he's like all right I'm I'm going for the throat here and you like some of the aggressiveness you want to see sort of that mentality uh, come around but he also can I think learn that you can have that mentality and make a great pass to a cutting player for a bucket. You know, you can have that mentality and keep your your teammates involved and understand how much they need you to show faith in them. And um and that's that's also going to be just as effective as if you hit a three a contested three early in the clock. And so um yeah, it that's part of the the maturation process. That's part of 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 him growing up in this league. What I did like a lot though about Edwards in the Sixers game was that 
he did clearly recognize this is a national TV game. Um, my, uh, it's kind of, I got to show what I'm capable of doing. And from a shot making standpoint, he was the only one making anything uh, in that game. And so he really carried the load for them from just an individual scoring standpoint. And then afterward, just recognizing, Hey, I got to get my teammates more involved. Um, I just thought that was a, that was a mature response from him when he looked at what went wrong in that game beyond Joel, Joel Embiid just being an absolute monster out there. Second half of the show, I'm going to talk about the announcers, Timberwolves announcers. I'll talk about uh, Alexander Walker, some other developments with the team. Right now, though, um, Chris Hine, yesterday, my colleague from the Star Tribune asked Chris Finch before the game about an update on Carl Anthony Towns, and Finch kind of chuckled and basically said there's no update. Uh, and I wrote about it. I, I We really have reached an awkward phase here. And I don't know how to say it other than this. It feels like either Towns is going to come back here pretty quickly and they're just not giving out information because they don't want to get out of information, even though they seem to be hurting themselves by doing so, or there's something going on and they're trying to hide it. Yeah, it's 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 just a frustrating situation um, that is unnecessarily frustrating, I would say. Um, I don't think that any of us expect the Timberwolves to take us into a, um, a, an examination room, put x-rays and MRIs of Carl Anthony Towns calf on a, um, on a, on a whiteboard and show us exactly what's going wrong and exactly what's happening and exactly what's going to happen next. I think that there is an understanding, at least for me speaking for myself, that injuries are, can be finicky, can be difficult, can be um, uncertain in terms of timelines, in terms of how a body reacts, um, in terms of all of these things. But I do think that the complete lack of transparency, and we have heard that from Finch many times over the last three and a half months, is, yeah, there's no update. There there needs to be some sort of update. There needs to be you know, some sort of situation where here's what he is doing now. Here's the step, the, here's the improvements or the steps that he's taken. And here's what we're still looking for before he comes back to help the situation here from a clarity standpoint. And, um, you know, it's on the team at this point to be better at communicating that. And, um, and, and so we have seen it done. Uh, the Warriors with Steph Curry uh, offered several uh, updates to his shoulder situation while he was out um, and 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 just were, hey, here here's the next step of his process. Here's where uh, it, now when it's time to ramp up, here's what's happening and 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 going forward. Steph Curry also spoke to the media um, at one point during his absence to kind of detail, what he's going through, how he is attacking things. Um, and we have not heard from Carl Anthony Towns either on that. Um, and so I understand there is a sort of uh, requ- uh, a, re- a desire for privacy to let, you know, Carl Anthony Towns work through this at his own pace to not rush him back because we have seen Jordan McLaughlin come back too soon. 
and and get re-injured and miss more time. We have also seen players like Kevin Durant um, uh, come back from a calf injury and then suffer much more uh, severe injuries. And so to want to be as careful as possible with his physical well-being is totally understandable. Um, I just think that it needs to be uh, communicated in a much clearer way exactly on on what Carl Anthony Towns is doing and how he's coming along because I think, unfortunately, Carl Anthony Towns is suffering through this in terms of I know he wants to play, he wants to get out there, but I think that when you're gone as long as he has been and there has not been a real message from the team about how this is going, it, it just leads to a lot of guessing. And it leads to some skepticism and some doubt in fans' minds about what is going on with with Cat. And so that's not fair to him either. And and so it's just like it really has been poorly handled. And um, you know, kind of Chris Finch just kind of, yeah, there's no update. There's no time to well, there there should be. Um and 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 I think that's unfortunate. I do remember for a long story longer, um, coming out of the all-star break. Uh, Chip Scoggins was uh, was with me at uh, with with was was with a bunch of us at the the post All Star break practice, and Chip asked about Chris Finch about it, and he said, "Yeah, they're the same gave the same thing, no update." And and so then I I had to go back and just say, "Hey, Chris, like, where is he at in terms of the process here?" Be- and and he gave a little bit of breadcrumbs there, but um, there just hasn't been enough of a real illustration of what he is going through of the injury of how difficult this has been. And I think that that has been harmful for the team. I think it's been harmful for Carl Anthony towns. And, um, and that's just, that's unfortunate because it's an unforced error, I think on the organization's part. Well said. All right. 612 TSR time TSR injury law. You know, everything about them by now. All you need to remember is if you're injured, that's the first call. 612-TSR-TIME. They'll take good care of you. They don't charge you unless they win your case. They win a lot of cases. That's why they can afford all the advertising everywhere. That's why they can afford beautiful new offices in Bloomington. 612-TSR-TIME. 612-TSR-TIME. Now let's hear John on Headflyer Brewing. Headflyer Brewing, Northeast Minneapolis. My wife and I have been going there for years and years, long before we had a business relationship with them. Um, here at Talk North, but they are having their six-year anniversary party coming up on April 22nd. So save that date, get to Head Flyer, great tap room, unbelievable beer selection, awesome people who work there, the bartenders, the owners, everyone is fun. They're going to have a great live music lineup. I have some sources that tell me that it's really going to be some pretty well-known uh, musical acts that are going to be there. I'm waiting for a second source to come through to, to confirm that before I break the news on that, but it's going to be really cool. They're going to have some beer releases. They're going to have merchandise. There's going to be more and more information starting to trickle out about the six year anniversary party starting next week at head flyer. So just mark that on their calendar, April 22nd. I'm going to try to be there. As I said, we're going to, we're planning on a live show to be there fairly soon as well. And we'll announce that, but um, definitely go by there. Tell them the John Krasinski show sent you head flyer brewing Northeast Minneapolis. We are coming to you from the Aquarius home services studio, sponsoring many shows across the network. We also want to tell you about all energy solar, the website to remember all energy slash coach C O A C H all energy slash coach. All energy solar is delivering quality 
solar installations for home and businesses since 2009. You can get a free quote at that website. You want to be more green this year? Solar energy can help. Once again, go to allenergysolar.com slash coach. The electrical grid has limited space for renewable energy, so beat the rush and plan your solar installation soon. Once again, allenergysolar.com slash coach for a free site assessment. And solar with energy storage can provide peace of mind during winter storms. Read their ebook on energy storage plus solar at allenergysolar.com slash battery. So go to allenergysolar.com. You'll get everything you need to know about going solar. Now let's hear from John on Manscaped. This is a public service announcement. Manscaped now has beard products and is going even further with their brand new Weed Whacker 2.0. Go ahead and tell the world the leaders in below-the-waist grooming are traveling north of your South Pole with their revolutionary grooming products. The new Weed Whacker 2.0 and their new beard line confirms they have all the best tools for your hygiene toolbox. Time for you to upgrade your game by going to manscaped.com and using our code ATHLETIC for 20% off and free shipping. Gentlemen, meet the Beard Hedger Pro Kit. It is the ultimate package that makes it easier than ever to craft your signature look. It all starts with the cordless electric Beard Hedger. The Beard Hedger is tough on hair but smooth on your face, leading to single-stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. The waterproof cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths all with one guard, so no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. The Pro Kit also comes with four dermatologist-tested formulations for your post-trim care. It includes Manscaped's beard and shampoo and conditioner, beard oil, and beard balm to moisturize, style, and shimmer your beard. The brand new Weed Whacker 2.0 offers improved blades and skin-safe technology with no tugging guarantee. It's never been so painless to mind your manholes. So get 20% off and free shipping with our code athletic at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use our code athletic. Anthony Edwards has faced all kinds of different defensive fronts and approaches here in the last couple of weeks. And he had some shooting woes there for a little bit. It feels like he's figuring it out. That's that's a pretty impressive development for a 21-year-old. Yeah, he's always been really good, Jim, at um, having some self-awareness and understanding what he needs to get better at and then learning and doing that. Um, just you know, after the Charlotte game, I remember he was really frustrated by the extra attention that he was facing without D'Angelo Russell out there. And so he said, his quote was, you know, I'm going to have to practice shooting over multiple people, I guess, to to kind of start to figure things out. And I think he's done more than that. Um, he is learning to make quicker decisions, to get off the ball sooner when the double teams come, to get the ball moving, and he trusts that the ball is going to come back to him when he is open. And so to see a 21-year-old processing all of that quickly and improving and identifying what needs to get better, uh, that's really encouraging. And that's kind of face of the franchise type stuff from Anthony Edwards. And we've seen him make great passes um, to, to kind of get the defense on his heels. We've also seen him hit unbelievable contested jump shots and, and go to the rim and score in traffic. Like he's really starting to emerge as a player that is, it's hard to identify how you beat him. And um, and he's just got that overwhelming athleticism always, but now he's he's seeing the game a little bit more clearly. 
and he's identifying when it's time to get his own shot, when it's time to get the ball moving. And that makes him a really difficult cover, whether it's at the beginning of the game or at the end of the game. And uh, and the Wolves are reaping the benefits of it right now. You mentioned Alan Horton earlier. Uh, I just want to point out that we're really lucky when you watch or listen to the yes. Wolves. Horton has been doing, I, I've, I've talked to Alan about this, I think doing radio or or broadcasts alone is the one of the hardest jobs in sports alan's been doing it alone forever he's really good at it he's a really good guy he's very knowledgeable and so a combination of alan horton michael grady and jim peterson when you want to listen to or watch a timberwolves game we are really lucky right now it's a it this you know put away put aside your whatever frustrations a fan might have about uh the disjointed season this is a really interesting entertaining team and we get to listen to some some great professionals telling us about it. Plus, you get to read about it, you know, when John Krasinski writes too, and my and my buddy Chris Hine. Hundred percent, yes. No, it's it's a great market for the coverage. But you're right. I think both Jim, Pete, and Grady, and then also Alan, um, they they all do a great job of making their broadcasts very intelligent with the data, with the analytics, with kind of the the the. Um, research that they put into it, but they don't bog it down with numbers. It's very accessible uh, for the average fan or for the hardcore rube that really dives into it. And they're both uh, both teams are very entertaining to listen to um, and and have fun with it as well. Uh, you, to listen to Alan light up the referees um, on a nightly basis is 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 top notch. And so um, I just yeah I, I think that to consume this product right now, while you may tear your hair out at times, watching the results of it, actually listening and reading the people who are narrating um, this kind of soap opera, it's it's pretty high level stuff. Couple more topics and we're gonna get out of here. We will be back next week, of course. Um, the West Conference, you know, we used to, there used to be people say, hey, why even try to compete? You can't win in the West. Now all of a sudden you look and, there are a lot of moving parts there, man. Uh, the the Mavericks have not played well with Kyrie. They don't play any defense at all. Now John Morant's off the board for a couple of games. Brandon Clark is hurt. The Grizzlies look vulnerable. I'm, you know, I love the way Sacramento plays. I don't know if they actually scare you. Uh, so as the Wolves kind of inch up the standings, there aren't as many teams that really scare you in this conference as as there once were. Yeah, no. I mean, you look at it, and I mean, certainly, I think even a lot of people will say Denver doesn't scare you, but they've just been so good this year. Yeah. Um, and at every, I, I think you have to at least respect them and say that if you got caught in a one eight, that's going to be tough. Um, but I, I think that um, the Suns are the other team that does scare me. They're putting yeah. everything together. But yeah, you're right. In terms of Memphis, in terms of Sacramento, even Golden State, mm-hmm. they have just like not found that other gear yet um through this entire season they lost to the lakers on sunday without lebron without delo um and they just can't seem to win on the road at all they're seven and 24 so that if you get into a playoff series with them and you get some home games you have to feel like you have a real chance to go deep in that series if not win it and um and so you know that's i i do yeah i'm not scared of dallas i'm not scared of the clippers um, the Lakers, if LeBron comes back, you would be scared of definitely, 
Um, but but they may be too far back now as it is. So uh, this is wide open, and this is really why the Wolves made the Rudy deal in the first place is they saw an opening to be competitive and to get in and have an opportunity not just to get to the playoffs but to win a series or two or more, whatever it is. And the way the West is set up right now, that all comes into play. It's just a matter of can the Wolves actually – keep consistent and use this momentum to spring them forward or will they stub their toes again as they have done all season long it's a huge week Jim with Philadelphia coming in on Tuesday on the second night of a back-to-back then you have Brooklyn coming in on Friday I mean those are games that if you are really serious about this um, and you really have started to find something that you win those games and keep this thing going forward Thanks to John. Thanks to Brandon. This is the John Krasinski Show, part of TalkNorth.com, coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studio. We'll be back next week to talk more about a very interesting team.